0: to the grunge bible podcast and today is a special episode Um, it is april the 5th 2021 Uh, and in in the genre of grunge and grunge rock april 5th is a uh very significant day for a few somber reasons and and a few notable reasons um and ethan as as you know uh april 5th was the day that kurt cobain passed away in 1994. additionally it was the day that lane staley passed away in 2002 and then a few years later in 2019, it was the day that uh, Sean Smith was discovered to have also passed away. Um, and then going back to 1966, it's also the day that Mike McCready was born. Um, so, you know, I can't really think of any other days on the grunge liturgical calendar that, uh, you know, carry this much significance and this much weight.
1: Yeah, this is one of those um, points in history where. They overlap, and you get this very uh, emotional-filled day, and in uh, and it for sad reasons. Um, so that's why we're taking time to kind of go back, and we're going to talk about uh, these four men, three that passed away, and, we'll, and try and celebrate their lives a little bit. Um, we do that on the page often when people pass away, so we thought that uh, this was appropriate and. You know, we're gonna do our best to kind of highlight some of the good stuff and just kind of talk about it, um, just for a quick twenty to twenty-five minutes. Nothing. No
0: yeah, absolutely. So above you know, start, our
1: abilities. So
0: yeah. So starting off, starting off with Kurt, obviously, uh, you made the good point before we hopped on to record. Um, it's been twenty-seven years since he passed away, and he did pass away at the age of twenty-seven. Um, and I imagine for a lot of people listening to this, you know, they probably remember hearing the news. Um, I think it came out on April 8th that he had passed away. Um, so I think a lot of people, you know, maybe listening right now might remember where they were when they heard the news or, you know, maybe, maybe even remember watching, uh, MTV, the special report, uh, that we've all, you know, seen archival footage of on YouTube. And that was a really, really tough day. And, you know, I think with Kurt and Lane, especially, you know, everybody was very privy to, the struggles that they faced, you know, Mm -hmm. with addiction and with mental illness. And, um, you know, it's really unfortunate and it's so sad, you know, even looking back all these years later, how it came to a head and, and, you know, how things happened the way that they did. But I mean, talk about Kurt Cobain, you know, he had broken through the mainstream in 1991 and, you know, three years later he was dead. Um, you know, so three years, you know, at the forefront in the public eye, how much of an impact he had on music and on culture is really, really impressive. And, you know, even as the years have gone by, um, his impact and his significance, I think, has only gotten bigger.
1: Yeah, I was uh, I was looking um, at some quotes that other people had uh, about Kurt and Billy Corgan. He talks about how he was so... Um, Influential and he called him the Michael Jordan of their generation and um, Lars Ehrlich from Metallica said that like when you talk to Kurt like there was nothing between you two the two of you You could you could talk person to person and you knew you were gonna get that every single time and uh, I think that's one of The things that you're gonna remember about Kurt is that Kurt was an individual and he was himself through and through day in and day out and and I think that's why, you know, people, as we've talked about, and we get comments that Kurt was not this, you know, virtuoso when it comes to the guitar or mm-hmm. singing and his, he wasn't so polished, but um, he was himself and, and that's why people loved him. That's why he gave uh, a voice to the people that didn't have a voice and, and he really was influential and that's, that's always going to be why I love Nirvana and, and Kurt Cobain is because of the doors that they opened for, uh, the generation to follow in the rock and roll scene, the alternative rock scene, the LGBT community, the way that Kurt will voice that. I mean, one of my favorite, uh, funny little thing I saw, like, um, monk magazine asked him, said, asked Kurt, said, well, are you gay? And Kurt was like, if I wasn't attracted to, uh, Courtney, Courtney love, I would be bisexual, but mm-hmm. I have Courtney. So I'm not. And I think right. it's funny. Cause he's like in a different life. I'm, you know bisexual and
0: yeah and uh, it, you know
1: it's 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 just cool the way that he i mean that was you know that's 27 years ago it was it's such a, a
0: different a, time then a total
1: different landscape for all of these all the issues especially the lgbt community and it's
0: absolutely uh, it's, it's awesome yeah and he was such an early champion for that stuff and i think one of the most famous ones was uh I think it was on the inside of the packaging for in utero when it came out in 1993 Mm -hmm. um there was a quote to the effect of you know if anyone you know who wants to purchase this um you know is racist in any way sexist or you know in any other way discriminatory like essentially fuck off don't come to our shows and don't buy our records um you know and back in 1993 obviously the landscape for um, you know, LGBTQ rights and different things like that was so different. And for someone, you know, at that much of the forefront of the mainstream to come out and say those things is really, you know, kind of a testament, I think, to, to who he was and, you know, seemingly, you know, we, just such a good person and, you know, principled and, and just honest. And going back mm-hmm. to what you said, you know, not being the most polished of guitar players, but I think with him, The one thing about him that I find to be the most, um, admirable and just incredible is he had things to say and he said them exactly how he wanted to. And he was just unabashedly himself, which is always admirable and always commendable no matter what field you're in. You know, if you stay true to yourself and you know, you don't change yourself to, to fit other molds. And I think what you said, you know, very inspiring for the next generation of, of artists and and people, you know, Generation X. I mean, Kurt Cobain is synonymous with that, and you know uh, how he represented those people and how they saw themselves in him.
1: I think that what was it? Uh, Rolling Stone released the top 100 for the. Um, yes. Yeah. Three we were... three categories. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to kind of go back, you know, people say that he's not this or that, but uh, Rolling Stone named him as. Uh, named him in the top 100 guitarists, top 100 singers, and uh, songwriters. So, I think that's really cool. I think that he obvi- he earned his place in those in those areas. Um, but I, I and I just love it. I just love that he's on those lists. I think yeah, that's
0: great. I I agree, Ethan. Do you have a favorite Kurt Cobain moment or a favorite performance or a favorite song of his? Yeah, I was I was thinking about
1: this earlier. I mean, I think you know, with Lane and Kurt, I think that two of the best things they've given to us um, are going to be the MTV Unplugged sessions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when we post the Nirvana uh, session, I mean, people comment that they listen to it once a week. The, the, the mm-hmm. amount of uh, the weight that that performance has um, in the followers and listeners is, is pretty immense. And I think that that's that's my favorite part uh my favorite contribution i guess from nirvana is being able to watch that performance front to back the way that he went off stage and they were trying to bring him back and he was like nope that's it like we're done that was perfect we can't top that yeah we can't top that um the way that his you know he finished where do you sleep at night and the way his voice just kind of cracked like everything about that was just it's just beautiful and um you know, if I need a dose of Nirvana, I usually go back and, and, and watch that. And it affects me differently each time. So I would, I would say that, um, MTV unplugged.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think for me, um, I've spent a lot of time just kind of reading his words and reading his lyrics, but especially, you know, it's well publicized now. Um, the, the journals book that came out, um, you know, after he, after he died and just kind of like, getting a a glimpse into you know a little bit of how his brain worked you know i i have a copy of that and i'll find myself just you know reading little blurbs of it but i think for me it just you know sticks out as time goes on just um how seemingly introspective he was and you know that he did have a lot to say um and he was more than just this like you know three chord grunge masher screamer out there who was just pissed off i think a lot of times you know uh, the media at the time painted out grunge to be just this like revolution of anger that like this young generation was, you know, disillusioned and any other buzzword Mm -hmm. that they wanted to use at the time. And I think like, once you look a little deeper, you realize that that's not what it was, you know, that was maybe just a component of it, but there was so much more to it, um, than just that. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. And, and, you know, you were talking about, uh, you know, lane staley and allison chains unplugged i mean and lane's another guy that um you know had so much to say and he was a gifted writer but i mean in terms of you know vocal ability i mean how can you get better than lane staley yeah it's um
1: i we we post covers on the page a lot and we usually we defend them all the time because i think everybody has a chance to pay tri- uh, to pay tribute and kind of mm-hmm. show their respects and i i really do love covers um it's funny because when people cover alice and chains i usually th- I, in my head i always think like man lane was something else like the way that he could sing notes and songs i'm always reminded how good and how special that voice is it's it really is uh one of a kind and um yeah it's it's amazing he he's one of my favorites to watch um, oh, yeah. perform as well i think and see him sing i really enjoy the the old videos that there is of uh of austin chains or mad season um it's beautiful so yeah, yeah. I, th- I think his voice is t- top notch
0: mm-hmm. yeah i i totally agree so um you know thinking about lane well i guess a little refresher if anybody's new but um neither of us were alive during the grunge era um i was born in 1996 and ethan you were born in 94 so um you know i Certainly not alive or cognizant of of the genre when it was popular, but as I started to get into it, I I think with Lane, um, he was really one of the first artists that I, you know, was a fan of, you know, a fan of his band, obviously, as well, um, that was, you know, presenting the issues of, you know, addiction and mental illness, you know, right to you um, you know, just throughout pretty much all of his work, you know, it was, it was always present there. And, and that was kind of one of my first lessons and just kind of bits of understanding that addiction, mental illness, for example, those types of things, you know, they can happen to anybody and they're hell. Um, and obviously Lane probably had one of the most well-documented struggles, you know, out of any musician or even public figure in the 1990s, you know, struggling with, with heroin and, you know, many different other things but you know through that and through those experiences how he was able to articulate them in such a way that you know people like us might understand it or you know might be able to get some value out of his words and some comfort um is really really um special i think yeah it's a good it's a good point his his
1: journey was uh well documented and um and you know I think a, a lot of the people around him uh, you only hear you you only hear good things about Lane and his attitude attitude towards life I think mm-hmm. one of our favorite um one of our favorite pictures of Lane is something that we cannot we can't seem to find anymore but it was him saying that he's willing to work uh, I don't remember the exact quote but it was it was willing to work for do anything he needs to to make um it was like uh, you know cut grass paint all this all this all this labor intensive stuff and he was just he was ready to do whatever it took to um I don't know just I I just feel like his attitude was always so genuine
0: yeah yeah and and even kind of thinking about that is just like for probably all of his adult life, just that dichotomy of being so passionate and so gifted into art, um, you know, not even just, just singing, you know, he was an artist as well and, you know, he had done paintings and different things and and he actually largely designed the album artwork for the Mad Season record, actually, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just that <clears throat> yeah. dichotomy just raging between the, you know, artistry in him and then the addiction that he grappled with and and, you know, the disease that he had, whereas, you know, I mean, just to I can't imagine, you know, to wake up and and into and to fight that battle. Um, but I mean, talk about some of the you know, just beautiful beautiful performances that he was able to give over the years and you know, I mean, he had been he had struggled for so long and you know, in the midst of those struggles to come out with things like in performances like Jar of Flies and you know, the Mad Season album and Live at the Moor with Mad Season and and Unplugged and you know, even he pretty much disappeared from the public eye you know in mid 96 after allison chains final tour i think they did a short tour to open for the kiss reunion in mid 1996 and he came back with the band uh, in 1998 to record a couple of tracks for their music bank box set and he was in you know the worst of shape and you know he was still able to still able to sing you know despite you know many many struggles there and you know it's just i think for me it's just it's just sad it just stinks um you know because he i think you said he, he would be 54 this year and
1: mm-hmm. they like both would be yeah
0: you know that's that's younger than my parents for example and you know my parents are not particularly old and you know just how much more life there was you know and it just i mean it's crazy like addiction and disease are tough and they're scary and you know they can take everything from you and it and it stinks and it's and it's not it's it's not fair you know yeah and i think that
1: the the life of a, a music uh and fame music and fame it just shows how difficult it is i mean you there i mean it's especially in the 90s it was just mm-hmm. addiction and, and depression was running rampant and, and still today there's there's tons of artists that are struggling and we lose um an artist seemingly you know every other month to something of the sorts so Mm -hmm. um it hasn't gone away it's you know it is more talked about yeah um, but i think that we still need to continue to um look into it and and look into how we can i mean like like kurt said uh, no one was built to be
0: famous yeah it's like how can you prepare for that until you're there and and i mean think i think all of those guys you know had you know, it's been pretty well publicized that they struggled with it, you know, and, and, you know, certainly a lot of times the thing that you want, you know, is, is also the thing that you're least prepared for. And and I think there was a lot of that there, but, you know, it's exactly like what you said, you know, um, that conversation has got to continue. And, and, you know, I think, I think we've been as a society more open towards treating Mm -hmm. it, you know, addiction and depression as diseases and not as, you know, choices per se or or results of choices that you've made you know because it's just like you know we don't shame somebody for having cancer you know why should we shame somebody for struggling with addiction um and and i definitely you know totally agree with that and um yeah it's it's it reminds me of a jerry cantrell quote he's like life is a tough gig you know but thinking Lan- Lanigan said it's fighting off dogs. Yeah. Always keeping the dogs off. And, you know, just yeah. thinking about Lane. So he passed away April 5th. Um, and, uh, it wasn't discovered that he had passed away until April 19th of 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the aftermath, I want to share uh, a, a statement that Allison Chains, that the band had released, um, upon, uh, you know, the announcement of Lane's death. And they said, uh, it's good to be with friends and family as we struggle to deal with this immense loss. And to try to celebrate this immense life we are looking for all the usual things comfort purpose answers something to hold on to a way to let him go in peace mostly we are feeling heartbroken over the death of our beautiful friend he was a sweet man with a keen sense of humor and a deep sense of humanity he was an amazing musician an inspiration and a comfort to so many he made great music and gifted it to the world We are proud to have known him, to be his friend, and to create music with him. For the past decade, Lane struggled greatly. We can only hope that he has at last found some peace. We love you, Lane, dearly, and we will miss you endlessly. And Ethan, I think the first time we had seen that quote was uh, um, that special that uh, Much Music TV in Canada ran shortly after. It must have been on April 20th or April 19th with uh, George Strombolopoulos as the host and um you know they were kind of talking about lane and i believe they read that quote and a couple of different quotes maybe one from yeah. tom morello and maybe one from Eddie vetter you know the pearl jam is the you know from the whole group but um yeah i mean yeah, it such a such a heartbreaking
1: and just hearing you read it you know that is it's so sad i mean no, it's nobody so knew about I mean, without those was,
0: guys you know that was to,
1: family that was family mm-hmm. that was friends talking i mean that was very genuine and um really sucks yeah but
0: it's 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 really tough to look back on and and you know just thinking about lane kind of what we did for kurt is there is there any particular performance or or work that um kind of sticks out for you
1: mm, um let's see like i said the i mean i really enjoyed the um the unplugged but i mean yara flies as a whole is is something i go back to a lot um mm-hmm. I really enjoy the musicianship and the uh his vocals on there. Um but I don't know. I find enjoyment I, I feel like I every time I listen to them I, I kinda get something uh different and uh, I mean I just I enjoy all I enjoy listening to the whole discography and I mean nothing nothing to, to speak to talk, on. Talk, I just yeah, I just, pick, yeah. I just yeah. I just I really I really uh, enjoy watching and listening to Lane so I'll just leave it at that
0: yeah I agree you know I think for me you know jar of flies but particularly nutshell I mean just yeah. how poignant and and heavy of a song that is and mm-hmm. you know he he wrote that one and uh yeah I mean we all we all know that song we all know what it's about and uh you know heavy 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 stuff but um yeah he was he was special you know Kurt, Kurt and Lane were both very special. And then also, um, you know, several years later, but Sean Smith, who was, uh, you know, a yeah. very, very experienced Seattle musician, um, who was in, in bands like Brad with Stone Gossard from Pearl Jam. Uh, he was in Satchel. He was in Pigeonhead. Uh, he passed away on April 3rd, 2019, um, at the age of, uh, at the age of 53. And uh, yeah, just another incredibly talented musician. And Sean was one of those guys that you know, for anybody from the Seattle music scene, from you know, whenever Sean started in the late '80s, early '90s until his death, you know, they had they had they had just the best things to say about him. And and he was also a very accomplished um, solo musician. So a little bit of an opportunity for a crossover. A lot of his music was featured uh, in one of my favorite television shows, The Sopranos. Um, mm-hmm. And then one of one of their best episodes and one of the most historic ones. Um, is an episode called Long Term Parking, and two of his solo songs were uh, were featured in that: um, Leaving California and then Wrapped in My Memory. And Ethan, I think Wrapped in My Memory is one that we've both definitely posted before. Is just pretty much mm-hmm. him solo piano, and uh, you know, just just another great talent and somebody that had such a way to create art and to create music and to use their words. Um, you know, he was, yeah. he was really, really, really special. Um, so April, April 5th is tough.
1: Yeah. That's someone that we should, uh, try and post a little bit more. I know whenever we do people respond really, absolutely really well to it. And yeah, and appreciate that. And that's something that we could probably do a little better job.
0: Yeah. to share his music. It's just,
1: yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, obviously there's endless amounts of music that we can share, but, uh, look forward to sharing the, uh, these three. Yeah. on the 5th
0: on the 5th of april and yeah and we'll be interacting you know throughout the whole day on on the pages and sharing sharing things that are special to us and you know we'll be interacting in the comments but uh yeah. additionally you know also on april 5th the the heavy day that it is it's also the day that mike mccready was note. born yeah he was born april 5th 1966 so he is turning a uh, a whole 55 years old uh, happy today birthday mike so, mccready happy birthday to the great mike mccready and i, I, I just have to say my favorite version ahead. of mike mccready was 1992 when he rocked the mustache i think he got rid oh. of it very quickly but i loved it it was great mike's one of my favorite guitarists yes. obviously yeah. um he's just he's he's unbelievable and, yeah
1: i mean i remember so chris and i have been to two pearl jam shows mm-hmm. together one Wrigley and one at fenway and uh I remember the first show the first show we went through was at Fenway and when we, we finished and we were driving home and I, you know Chris asked me he's like or maybe it was a couple days after and I was like So what did you think? What was what most impressed you about that live? And I was like honestly, I was like Mike McCree absolutely <laughs> slayed it. <laughs> yeah. Like he was on fire. I mean, the guy just killed it and it was just it just totally blew me away. I mean I knew he was a good like good guitarist, but sometimes, you know, when you get when you get to watch A a guitarist in person and watch them how they move and do stuff. Like he was just dialed in and just different. Both both shows just absolutely crushed it. I, Mm I gained so much respect for him and it was just, it was such a beautiful sight. I mean, that's a. As you know, side note takeaway, like seeing Pearl Jam live, um, in the past five years, twice, just super dialed in the musicianship was yeah. on the charts. Yeah. I was
0: really, really impressed. So I McCready, completely agree. It. Mike was unbelievable. Like I, I was just about to say the exact same thing. Like he's somebody, yeah. you just got to see him live. You just got to see him yeah. play live. And, and just the way I, I know the first show we saw him play a incredible solo on black, um, which just oh, like, yeah. just, just tore the doors off of every building in a, in a, in a 20 mile radius. And then I wasn't, noticed, um, yeah. who wasn't Bronson Arroyo, Bronson Bronson Arroyo, Arroyo, <laughs> yes. was Bronson Arroyo came cast. out and yeah, Bronson yeah, played, Blade. played acoustic guitar on black. Um, and <laughs> that uh, was an incredible, that, was, that one might've been the best song of the, the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mike just, I mean, he, he made that performance and I know, um, one of the songs that had always been at the top of my charts in terms of what I want to see Pearl Jam play live was Yellow Lead Better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he played that to close, they played that to close the Wrigley show that we went to in 2018. Yep. And, and it's funny because Mike normally plays that song um, on, on a Fender Stratocaster. He has a 59 Strat that he usually plays it on. Um, and they had played Rocket in the Free World um, and he was playing it on a Les Paul and then, so I assumed that I was like, okay, like he's not going to switch his guitars and they normally will end sometimes with, uh, rocking in the free world. So I was like, Oh, like, yep. guess we'll have to wait again for, for lead better. But then there was like a little exchange there between like Ed and the guys. And then Mike stepped up to the front of the stage and he started playing, you know, those first couple of licks to lead better and on, on the Les Paul, which I hadn't, I don't think I'd seen video of him playing lead better on a Les Paul before. And, uh, it was awesome. It was really cool. It was totally worth it. But yeah, Mike oh, is yeah. just a incredible, um, incredible musician and, you know, uh, an activist of sorts. And, and he's actually, I don't know if you know this, but he's got Crohn's disease and he does a lot, um, Mm -hmm. with different Crohn's disease nonprofits to raise awareness and to raise funds. And it seems like an overall, um, really great guy. And, you know, not without his struggles as well, uh, in the nineties and the early two thousands, he'd, he'd struggled with, uh, different forms of substance abuse, but, uh, you know, he seems to be doing strong these days, and and I'm excited. You know, for maybe for the next time, and perhaps 2022, that we might be able to go see Mike live again. That would be really cool. Oh yeah, I cannot cannot wait for the the day that we get to return to a Pro Jam show. It's gonna be a great Absolutely. time. Absolutely, and and perhaps maybe see uh some of you all the listeners. We get, we could see you there and we get together and share some stories in person just as we do on this page. But yeah, April 5th is a, is a heavy day, you know, and I mean, talk about, you know, four guys right here, three of them, unfortunately, are not with us, but just the legacies that they all have and, and how in little ways they're all intertwined geographically um, in terms of different years, sometimes even in terms of different projects, you know, with Mike, uh, with Mike and Lane being in Mad Season together and, you know, just being creating music in the same town, all four of them for a number of years and, I mean, just some really, really talented artists and uh, people that you know provided us and still provide us with a lot of value. It's a, it's really special, and I'm certainly thankful that uh, they all chose to create in the way that they did and and share it with us. You know, I think I think everybody listening, yeah. myself and you, I think we're definitely better for it for them having made that choice.
1: Yeah, um, I think that. I think a great way to memorial memorialize them is uh you know take time to listen to your you know your favorite favorite nirvana song favorite allison chain song Yep. best yep. brad song you yep. can get play some and, brad and,
0: play some satchel
1: and just uh you know listen to them intently and and uh, appreciate their music and i think that um that will mean a lot to them i think you know yeah we'll send our good wishes and, and they'll feel that and we can all kind of you know, celebrate and be together on that on on this day and, and I think that will be Yeah. A
0: beautiful thing. So I agree. So uh so thanks for listening today. Um we'll be uh we'll be very active on the pages later today. Uh so we'd love to, you know, have some conversations with you guys about what these artists mean to you. Uh maybe some of your favorite performances and we'll, you know, continue to to honor them and to memorialize them in the way that we can. But uh thanks for listening to this special episode of the Grunge Bible podcast. and And, until uh, next time
1: and we'll be back uh regular scheduled after this one but back on friday come on and yeah back on friday but uh thanks for listening and
0: uh we look forward to talking about these guys absolutely thanks again everybody talk to you soon all right